You're listening to The Interview, in-depth retailer interviews with inspirational people. This episode of The Retail Exchange is brought to you in association with Shop Talk Europe 2023, bringing together more than 3,500 senior retail decision makers from across Europe on the 9th to the 11th of May in Barcelona to reimagine and build tomorrow's digital transformation. Search Shop Talk Europe 2023 to find out more and register for tickets. Hello, I'm Carl McKeever and welcome to the latest in the interview series from the Retail Exchange podcast, as we bring you insight and opinion from premier retail industry professionals and thought leaders. Today, I'm joined by Martin Wilde, CEO at Organic Garden. The good thing is I had nine years of startup experience and nine years of corporate experience. And uh, I was 42 when I joined Organic Garden, and so it's really great to be to have those both experience. And as a corp, you know, corporates always take it very, very slow. They t- there's a lot of discussion and political discussions, and and they don't take fast decisions, and they don't want to take risks. Uh, and for me, the, the really the main takeaway is really it's all about speed, and speed usually corporates can't. Corporates have a lot of resources; they can put onto a topic, but usually they take forever until they take a decision. Here's the episode. Martin, welcome. Hi, nice to be here. So first of all, could you give us an overview of the brand? Um, what does the company do? What's the backstory? Yes, Organic Garden is a, is a food tech startup based in Germany. And Organic Garden is building planet healthy food that is good for humans and for the planet. And we do this by putting a high emphasis uh, on the product. And in our vision, we We'll have own organic garden farms where we will produce the food. It's like an organic garden factory. We will then have own production units where this food will be processed to the next level. And then we will have it in our own value chain all the way to the consumer. Uh, so make sure that the whole value chain is fully integrated, fully digital, and have the best quality for our consumers. And what kind of products do you sell? So our first product was our organic garden hot dog. It's a green plant-based hot dog with only best quality food. It's also an expensive product, but it's completely different to what you're used to have in hot dog. Usually hot dog is fast food, fast in, and you don't feel really good afterwards. And our hot dog is just the opposite. So as a German coming from the land of sausage, yes. your first disruptive product was a vegan hot dog. That's correct. We, we took out the, the sausage, we took out the Wiener, and replaced it with a, with a plant-based Wiener with two different options. We have one that's based on soy uh, with a German uh, startup called Typhoon Tofu. It's best quality soy from Europe. And another one is uh, Planted Chicken. It's, it's a company from Switzerland, which is a pea-based protein. So we put a high emphasis on replacing the sausage with something really good. And our own cooks and food creators made own components to get the taste of a really, really good hot dog, so it tastes even better than a sausage one, from my point of view. So, not just meat products, what else do you sell? So, uh, we have a a range of products already, but we will apparently grow. So, another product which we already have now is uh, Organic Garden Juicy Ginger. I'm a big ginger fan myself, because I I think ginger keeps you healthy, and I, I consume ginger... I think three times a day. Uh, our ginger is from South Germany, from Lake Constanze, uh, and it's sourced directly from there, t- taken to our own production in Munich and then produced, and then we sell it to the consumer. Usually ginger comes out of China, so it has uh, around 7,000 kilometers of travel and a very bad CO2 footprint when it arrives in your stomach. 
We have a few more products. We have an own organic garden dressing, which is made from, from red beet juice. So those are a few examples. And the products, are they uh, being farmed traditionally, but, but just on an organic principle? Or are you also using things such as aquaponics, hydroponics, those kind of things? Yes. Uh, so right now, we still don't have an own organic garden farms where we'll have uh, different modules. We will have fish modules, we have veggie and fruit modules, we will have mushroom models and we have algae modules. And those modules will work together in a, in a circular system uh, so we can produce CO2 negative or CO2 neutral depending on the product uh, in always the highest technology enabled way to make us produce as efficient uh, looking at resources and energy. We don't have a farm, so we still uh, buy products from, from local partners, and they are usually organic certified, but then produced on a, on a traditional organic way. We strongly believe that regional is always better than organic. So if we don't find a product locally in organic certification, we go for a regional quality product instead of importing an organic product from South America or from China, because we believe Organic is not always better. It depends apparently also on the origin of the product. And as a consumer, where do I access Organic Garden? Well, as of now, we are only active in Germany. We have our own Organic Garden eateries, small fast food places in Munich. We started in Munich. We have now four in Munich, three more in Ingolstadt, which is also very close to, to Munich. So we want to grow locally uh, and bring our own production unit with us. And you can also buy us uh, via e-commerce. Um, all the products that are being shippable, like our ginger or our organic garden plant-based sauce, you can order them online. But for now, we are based in, in South Germany and, and really want to take care of our growth uh, because we think it's very important to always keep our roots and, and really source locally and regional and always have the shortest way to the consumer. And I, the, the concept itself sounds completely fascinating, and I can see that you, you know, are very passionate about organic garden. What was your own career experience that's kind of brought you to this point? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm a techie myself. So my first startup, it was an e-commerce business, uh, selling consumer electronics. When I was 18, I started this business. I sold the company in 2008 to, to Sky Germany, the TV station. I lived in Florida, and... Funny thing is, I watched a movie which changed my opinion on food. It was called Food Inc. The movie really changed my perspective. And this was the first time I didn't trust into the food system anymore. And I said, I want to produce myself or consume myself. And I, I thought about opening up a farm and selling directly to consumer, right, uh, from my own farm shop. This didn't happen back then because I got uh, hired by Media Markt Saturn, where I was the first chief digital and the first chief innovation officer. Also, again, in technology and consumer electronics, but I, I, I became more and more food addictive as a consumer. And then after I left there, I looked at many different areas and, and vertical farming and everything that's happening in food production really inspired me because I really think we, we need to change the way we produce and the way we process food to make it better for the planet and for the humans. It sounds like the, the movie you watched was pretty profound on you. Yes. Oh, what were some of the key takeouts? Well, the key takeouts for me was that I, I don't trust any food where you don't rely on the source or the origin of the product. And I, if I don't know that, I, I now always expect the worst because I know now how the food industry works and I know that apparently also it's about making a good profit and it's very easy to buy very cheap ingredients to put it into a product. And there's so many ingredients you can put into a product which you don't even have to put on the 
on the label. Uh, and from my point of view, this is, uh, this is not very good for the consumer and for the planet. And, and that was for me really, we have to change how we, we use our planet for, for our kids and for the environment. And we have to build better products, better food for, for consumers, you know, because so many consumers eat unhealthy, uh, which is bad for the environment and for the health system. And, and that was for me really a way to be able to help the, the consumers to make them eat better food. And um, it's also important that you have food that tastes good, right? Because in the past, healthy food was not always good. And then people were, it's very, very easy decision, right? Food, you just say, I, I go for the unhealthy stuff. And so we now try to build healthy food that tastes also good. And that's the reason why we launched a hot dog, because the hot dog, everybody knows, and everybody just tries it out. And we said, try a hot dog and experience how good and healthy food can also be good for you. One of the barriers for many people trying organic produce has typically been high price. How do you reconcile that? And you know, is it about you know, quality at any price or can you really achieve a good price and good quality? So with our own organic garden farms, we will be able to produce at a, at a high scale and that's the reason why we'll be able to also have a very good price. At the same time, I believe in many countries, and especially in Germany, this is true, Germans spend too less money for, for good food. So Germans always try to get the best deal, which is just, it's just, not, it's just not possible. Right? And, and how much of that do you think is the fact, look, Germany is perhaps one of the most famous countries for the discounter supermarkets. Yes, you know, we invented them, actually. The food landscape is dominated there by two major brands. Yes. Um, has that had a, a long-term effect in terms of orientating people to shop, shop cheaply? I truly believe that, um, th that those two brands, uh, Aldi and Lidl, they have been invented in Germany, right? And they have always been big discounting on, on food and they always brought people in with, with this discount. And apparently this uh, taught people that it's, you can buy uh, good quality food uh, for, for a cheap price, which which is not always good for the whole ecosystem, right? Because they, they, they just make this offer to bring people in. Now this is changing because, for example, Aldi, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you heard about it, in Germany now, they are the ones that now uh, change the whole weight for, for animal farming. So we have different, in Germany, there's four different, um, let's say, levels of one to four, and four is organic, best uh, quality of of uh, animal behavior and animal uh, food. And now Aldi uh, proposes that in, I think in five years from now, they only sell food in the highest, highest to quality levels. So this is now helping the market, but it's a long, long, long way to go because Germans, um, as you mentioned earlier, really, really learned that, that it's good to buy cheap food. In many other cultures and countries, this is not as, as strong with food. And German, Germans have many other brands too. As I said, I was with MediaMarkt Saturn. They also always claimed that greed is, is good uh, and try to make it as cheap as possible. And this is not really helping the cause for convincing people that it's wise to invest the right amount of money for good quality food. And I personally now believe you should eat meat. You don't have to, but many people like meat, but you should do it consciously and really focus on good quality meat and not just eat meat every day with the lowest quality of animal and the whole, whole value chain behind that. I was going to ask you that because it's a fascinating transition that you've made from the corporate world of consumer electronics into quite a bespoke and yes. boutique world of specialist food. Culturally, what have you taken from the big business into the smaller business? Yeah, th th that's a very good question. I, th the good thing is I had nine years of startup experience and nine years of corporate experience. And uh, I was 
I'm, I was 42 when I joined the Organic Garden, and so it's really great to be to have those both experience. And as a corp, you know, corporates always take it very, very slow. They there's a lot of discussion and political discussions, and and they don't take fast decisions, and they don't want to take risks. I mean, my role was being a chief innovation officer. I was always the one with the with the fast track and the one with the let's say, um, different approaches. But I, I really think a startup, you all only can survive if you keep on uh, being fast and you keep on taking decisions and you keep on making mistakes and correct them. And apparently always uh, look at the consumer and, and see, look at the market and be able to change your opinion if the market is changing. We don't change our opinion on food, but apparently we will change which kind of products we will build. Uh, and for me, the, the, really the main takeaway is really it's all about speed. And speed, usually corporates can't. Corporates have a lot of resources. They can put onto a topic, but usually they take forever until they take a decision. One of the things that in the grocery industry is so important is the whole topic around loyalty. Brands work very hard to try and get you to be shopping in their store. And once you're shopping there, to shop there forevermore. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges, in the, especially in the organic space, around getting people to buy into this whole ethos that eating less but eating of better quality perhaps is a, a smarter decision and then getting people into that loyalty loop for the future? Yeah, it's, it's very tough because, you know, I was consumer electronics early and consumer electronics, you take a long decision and then you decide and then it's usually taken for a few months or even years, depending on the product you buy. Food you decide three times a day, sometimes five times a day, right? So it's, uh, it's very tough and we also, we always keep explaining and, and telling the consumer and uh, some of them are really, really uh, conscious about every food they take into them and some, some of so our... So people are thinking about the environmental impact, yes. other people are thinking about food miles, about the welfare, yes. all of those considerations. Yes, but it's, it's at the same time very, very complicated for consumers. Think about you go to, you are traveling and you go to any kind of place and you have to consider all this and you take like, I don't know, 30 minutes to take a decision, which is not happening most consumers. So we are, we are on a journey and we believe that it's good to bring them, maybe start once a week, right? Have one meal if you are coming from, say, I don't care where my food is coming from, I just want food, right? As cheap as possible or as tasty as possible. And then taking them step by step, maybe take a decision once a week. Uh, one day a week and then grow from there and, and this is our approach and now we try to build also our assortment to give them the chance so if they buy with us they always know everything I can buy there it's planet healthy right it's good for me and for the planet and this is this is for, for our opinion to grow because at the same time you cannot force anybody with food you cannot say you have to eat this because there's also saying with food uh, the fun fun stops right if, if you take away somebody food he enjoyed for example organic garden is also um, in in canteens of companies and if you then uh, decide to take away a, a product uh, like there was a big example in germany you have this curry sausage currywurst and one canteen said take out the currywurst and you can imagine what happened so the people get really really aggressive so food is no it's no fun right it's people are, are really serious about their food yeah and it's high emotion as you say are you a retailer or brand wanting to be at the forefront of tomorrow's digital transformation? More than 3,500 power players from across the retail and brand ecosystem will be uniting at Shop Talk Europe 9th to the 11th of May in Barcelona to reimagine and build the latest innovations helping customers to discover, shop and buy more. It gets even better. 
If you are a retailer or brand, this is your final month to be part of ShopTalk Europe's VIP hosted programme, which will entitle you to a free ShopTalk Europe ticket worth €1,895 and €650 hotel and travel budget. What's not to love? What's more, you'll be able to curate mutually matched meetings with the industry's most cutting-edge tech providers that align to your business. The final deadline for registration is 6 of April 2023, and the hosted meeting programme is already at 90% capacity, so don't miss the boat. To find out more, search Shop Talk Europe 2023 and register for tickets. One of the things which is happening across Europe right now, here in the UK and the USA where I've just returned from, um, is food price inflation. Mm -hmm. People are really starting to feel and see very noticeably that the cost of their baskets are rising. You're operating uh, in a market which is niche uh, by your own admission. It's about quality, not quantity. How do you get people to buy into a higher price for organic produce when the uh, cost of living is increasing all around them? It's very interesting. We, uh, we, we watch our consumers very closely and it's depending on the age group, for example, the younger age group, I would say between 15 and 30, they understand uh, and they don't really look at the price because they say, I want this quality and I go for it. And at 30 plus, uh, we realize that they take the comparison and say, well, I could get a pizza for this hot dog or any kind of sausage, uh, meat sausage, meatloaf. Um, so it's sometimes more difficult to discuss with them because they they grew up with a different mindset, right? And, mm. and food sometimes was... But I think also there's a very practical thing there too, isn't there? You know, quite often the frivolity of youth means that I also have less obligations. That's true. So maybe I don't have a mortgage or I haven't got big car payments or these kind of things. You know, when I get into my 30s, I have a family, I have a home. You know, the money has to work harder. I know. At the same time, uh, I see, we see a lot of younger families, young mothers who really want to wanna feed their family with good quality food which they also did 30 years ago, but maybe there was not as much options on the table, right? Because everything was processed and if you lived in a city, you probably didn't have those options anymore. So we see a lot of female young customers with young families who really say, I want to put more money of my total income, available income into food instead of other, in other produce. Uh, it's not happening everywhere, right? Because people have many things to to consider and inflation is everywhere. But we see that at least the, the group of people who look for sustainable organic food is growing. Um, high inflation can make this maybe uh, get a little slower, but we believe this group will grow because more and more people realize how important good food is for their, for their health. And that just yesterday I got a message from a, from a former colleague of mine uh, who, who wrote me that she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis MS. Uh, and now she realized how important healthy food for her is. Uh, and now she, has, she loves our products because she didn't know earlier how, how important uh, good quality food for, for the for long-term health of a, of a person is. And it's interesting because one of our former guests on the Retail Exchange podcast was from Leon Restaurants. And they're on a mission to change people's understanding of fast food. So there is fast food, but they believe there's a non-traditional fast food. It sounds to me as if you're trying to you know, educate people with a similar way of yes. thinking. Yeah, we, we chose fast food because fast food, you take fast decisions and you're used to consume it fast and, you know, you don't really take care of quality. But we think 
if you go into the fast food area, it's, it's much easier to change people's mind, right? Because you, you take a faster decision. If you go to a high-quality restaurant, you take a longer decision because maybe it's a bigger span. Fast food, you are traveling, you need some uh, fast food that you can consume quickly. And therefore, we said, let's build something for that because then uh, food is about taste. You need to have the experience that you like it. And therefore, we said, let's go into this market so people can taste, hopefully enjoy, and then come back. And I believe uh, the fast food space is a very important one if you really want to transform people and, and get them acquainted to better quality food and, and really enjoy them. And there's also a lot of good examples apparently already here in the UK from companies uh, really being in this market. And I believe we have to really attack from all areas to bring as many people as possible on board. Looking at uh, another topic within the business, not this time at product or the actual provenance of the produce themselves. Let's think about the, the hardware or the, or the tech that's powering behind the scenes. What have you taken from your previous startup and your world in corporate electronics and brought into this business? Yeah, we, we are as digital as possible as a, as a food retailer. So uh, when I, I started in this area, I looked at many different restaurants and many restaurants are still pretty, from my point of view, pretty analog, right? They don't have a lot of digital processes, no ERP system. They just buy something, sell it more expensive, and the rest is their, their profit margin. Uh, not, not true for big chains, apparently, but, but for smaller restaurants. And we have this whole digital DNA, so we implemented an ERP system from beginning, which helps us to really track the, the produce from all the way from going into a warehouse to production all the way to the consumer's plates. So you have full traceability and also a digital footprint. Not yet for everything, but we have, for example, we have one product where we have a full traceability blockchain based because we have organic garden clean coffee. We decided to launch a coffee which is not uh, produced in Europe, right? Because there's no coffee growing in Europe, but people want coffee. So we have partnered with another startup uh, which is called Seatraced, which built a blockchain for food traceability. And so our coffee that comes either from South Africa or India is now being traceable for the consumer all the way from from the farm where it's being produced to the laboratory where it's being checked for pesticides and then all the way to our own stores. Um, and our whole, whole value chain from our own farms all the way to, the, to our own outlet channels will be full traceability. Uh, we are building this now with, because sometimes we buy from suppliers who are not fully digital yet and therefore we are, we are not there yet for everything. But uh, we have this digital mindset that we digitalize the whole, whole, whole value chain from own logistics. Uh, and the, the vision of Organic Garden is really to have this fully digital value chain from the farm or from the Organic Garden farm where it's being produced all the way to the consumer. And I give you one very important example. We will produce our own fish. And today fish is uh, taken, usually taken... Uh, taken out of the water somewhere on a boat, right? They, they take out everything they can. Then it's being stored on a boat and it's being transported to a supermarket. It can, German law says it can lay there for seven to ten days. It's still fresh. And then uh, you can buy it and then you consume it at home. But there's so much food waste on the way. In our system in the future, the fish is being produced locally. So you can decide to have a fish. The fish is taken out, out of our own farm in the morning. Uh, it's being slaughtered and you can have the fish filet for lunch, uh, so no travel time, uh, no travel distance, and apparently no food waste. And this is only possible if you have a fully digital integrated system because you need to know at what time you can take out what amount of fish uh, and you have the perfect value chain. And that's our whole vision really to have this fully fully digital connected. And this is 
uh, so a few examples of my my digital nature that's coming into 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 the food ecosystem because I uh, and apparently our whole production system, which is also it's a circular system where we use existing leftovers from one area from one module in another module, which is also helping us to produce more energy efficient and uh, with less resources. This is another part, and I really believe that we need a fully digital integrated food ecosystem to uh, help us save on food waste and to help us save on long distance traveling for, for foods. Now, I, I've enjoyed that conversation immensely, but there's a, there's a question I have here which has been given to me, and it's really making me very curious. Apparently, there is a, a, an appearance in Playboy that I have to mention. Yes, that, that's true. So, our, our hot dog. Uh, when we created the hot dog, we said you need to build a product everybody knows, everybody understands, and it has to also look good, right? Because we are in a world full of pictures and videos, and our hot dog has always been uh, fo has a focus on being Instagrammable, right? It has, you see a lot of pictures on it on, on Instagram, and uh, and actually Playboy uh, found it, and in the German Playboy magazine there, there's a there's a double page of our hot dog. Um, it's called Wurstlos Glücklich, so it means no Wiener, no problem. Uh, and it features our hot dog and it gives a recipe for having a healthy, meatless, uh, meatless hot dog. And we're really proud. I, I sometimes call it food porn for fun because <laughs> our, our hot dog is really in full length and, and size. And, and it's very, very cool to have a, a product because food is always about taste and, and apparently appearance. So, uh, yes, we are very proud of that. <laughs> uh, final question. Clearly, you must talk to and listen to your consumers all of the time. What are some of the biggest issues on their mind and what are you taking from the feedback that they give you? Uh, it depends. So we have a, we have a group of... Uh, today, our products are 95% vegan. And the vegans, they love us because we bring variety into their available menu, right? So they love it and they are really desperate for bringing out new products which, which they consume. At the same time, we have consumers that experience the first time a vegan product in our hot dog. We often give it to people who do not expect that it's meatless, right? They just come in and say, give me the hot dog, and then, and then they realize. And sometimes we are getting different feedback, right? Some of them say, wow, that's really cool. I didn't even realize it's vegan. And others, they call our hot dog fraud and say, why? There's no meat. This is no, there's no real hot dog. Sometimes we convert them, and they are then loyal customers, and sometimes they... They don't come back. But the good thing is with food, there's an unlimited amount of, of customers out there and the unlimited amount of chances you have to tr uh, transform them and to give them a good experience. And that's so it's keep listening, keep experimenting. And as you say, you know, you just got to keep giving people something new. That's true. Always keep on experimenting and, and build better food. Well, I've been talking to Martin Wilde, founder of Organic Garden. Thank you so much for a very passionate conversation. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having me. It was really great. This episode of the Retail Exchange was brought to you in association with Shop Talk Europe, 9th to the 11th of May in Barcelona. Search Shop Talk Europe 2023 to find out more and register for tickets. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Thanks for listening.